It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 67, as the New York Rangers have taken Game 1 of the Eastern Conference Final. They beat the Tampa Bay Lightning 6-2 at home in Madison Square Garden. Just completely unexpected uh, for the Rangers just to come out and completely dominate. Uh, it, just an unbelievable game. Uh, yeah, Andy... How are you doing? I want your thoughts on all of this. I am feeling good, but it's tinged with a little bit of trepidation because uh, as great as it feels to win game one and to look that good against their opponent for this next round, uh, Tampa also got blown out in game one of their series against the Maple Leafs. So, and they came back and won that series. And you knew with them being off for... 10 days they were going to have some rust and they clearly did execution at times had had laps uh so yeah obviously i'm happy with the result but i'm far too uh you know i'm not i'm not the smartest person in the world but i'm you know i i would be an idiot if i thought that's the way the effort tampa is going to give the rest of the way in this series but at least in terms of a to get the confidence of the rangers up it was a huge game going into the series and just to kind of get acclimated to what they can expect and the habits of the Tampa Bay lightning, which we will no doubt talk about in this podcast, but yep. I mean, fun game to watch. We all thought it was going to be a low scoring affair and it was not. So 
but yeah, I, I mean, you talk about everyone pulling the rope. Everyone pulled the rope tonight, and it was a feel-good win. Yeah, uh, very feel-good. And I agree with you 100%. This is complete rust on the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I'm not taking any way, uh, anything away from the New York Rangers. I think this is a game that they kind of had to have. And if you were ever going to blitz the Tampa Bay Lightning, what better way to do it in game one in your own building and, you know, take advantage of a sleeping Lightning team. And that's exactly what you have to do. And that's what they had to do. And they did it. So uh, kudos to them. And, you know, I'm not going to say that the New York Rangers certainly don't stand a chance, but if we can get a complete effort and have, you know, every line kind of rolling and contributing, you know, anything is possible. Uh, but what, what's scary about the Tampa Bay Lightning is that, yes, they can get blown out. And I think Vasilevsky's 17-0 and after losing, uh, you know, losing a game here in the playoffs. So it's just one of those things where, uh, we're going to be really tested in game two. And that's going to give give us as Ranger fans kind of, you know, a, a an idea of where we need to be in terms of having a chance in this series. And being up one nothing certainly helps. You know, it relieves a little bit of the pressure and the nerves of playing the first two games at home. Um, you know, if the Rangers can somehow find a way to win game two, you know, I, I would... I would be fucking thrilled. I mean, obviously to go up 2-0 against the Tampa Bay team would be huge, but you know, one game at a time, you know, one shift, one period, one game at a time here, Andy. Uh, If I sound a little nasally and I cough, I do have COVID. So um, just battling through here. So, Hey, well, listen, James, we all know there's no quit in New York. Nope. Certainly no quit in this team. And I know you're not going to quit either. Uh, So, uh, but yeah, I mean, every, Every you said it perfectly. I mean, it sets them up real nice for this series, and obviously, it's important for this team that has home ice advantage to use it, and they have used it throughout the playoffs. After you know, the only game they dropped at home was that heartbreaker in OT, uh, triple OT, right? So, yeah, and that's after Igor, you know, I made all those saves, but you know, so many different players contributed tonight, which is a good sign. Uh, Panarin finally showed up. He looked great. Yeah, uh, the tough kid, first period, but I thought his second and third, he was. I even doing thought he was like skating well in the first. It's just he was still Tampa had a little bit. There was that feeling out, and I still think Tampa had had most their legs mostly in the first. And that's the one thing I, you kind of sense is that the older the older Lightning, and and why I'm actually having. I think the more I watch the game, I the more I fit like the Rangers' uh, chances in the series is that. I just think they're an older team. They're not as fresh in their legs as the Rangers are, despite having off. And yes, they were rusty. And yeah, they have guys who are good skaters and younger guys, but you just saw them get slower and slower as the game kind of went on. And the Rangers were getting faster and faster as they they picked up the intensity. Um, And I thought Panarin finally had more time and space in the offensive zone. And I think what Tampa clearly really does really well is that in when they're in the zone they are good at sealing but also just slowly collapsing and you know just having a guy they just their habits are so good obviously with they were forcing a lot of turnovers in the first periods just by being in the right spots and just by you know winning battles because they're clearly got some heavy guys you know what i mean and mcdonough and just so many little forearm shivers and you know, just physic, just physical physicality for physicality's sake, which is the mark of a team that's you know been there. 
But like I said, I thought the Rangers did such a much as the game went on, they just took their time and space away. And granted, I, we know it's not going to be like that for most of it. But I think the fact that the Rangers went from playing a team that was all over them for check wise in the first round, uh, a team that was, much, you know, not as heavy, at least on in offensive zone for check, but was still uh, just a regroup attack, regroup attack, regroup attack like the Canes, I think, you know, it's almost like they keep, and now Tampa's the slowest team they've, they've faced so far for them. They got to be like, man, I could read war and peace before I break the puck out. And I think we saw that, you know, even Justin Braun is like, wow, I can, you know, I'm not getting sewered here, you know? And yes, listen, they still made their mistakes and, you know, they, if anything, I thought a lot of their turnovers were, (coughs) they, they had no one on them. And I just think Tampa instead was playing a little bit more patient. I think that just shows what a veteran team they are. And they almost turned over pucks because they would wait until they felt comfortable and then get a stick on it the last minute or bat it down or just do a takeaway from behind. You know, Lafreniere, I thought, had a, a really bad unforced error um, in the first or second period. I can't remember what it was. But they, but, you know, I, but still, my point still stands. I think they, this is probably going to be the most time they have with the puck. Because Tampa's almost so patient, but I think the Rangers, it's almost like they've been running around with ankle weights on trying to play against these other teams. And now they've and now they have more time and space. And, you know, they clearly just uh, put put it to good use. And I just think it's almost set them up perfectly, at least for this game, because they were not overpassing the puck at all. Everything went to the net uh guys went to the players went to the net and i mean yeah the results in the final score and they made andre vasilevsky look uh, beatable and human but again everything we say on this podcast as you listen to it we're going to qualify with not stupid enough to expect this to be the, the tampa bay that shows up you know for the rest of the series both between the pipes and uh you know and on the ice well and, and you know too for the new york rangers i mean for them playing seven games, if you look at especially the last series, their playing time across the board, and I said this in the last podcast, their playing time across the board has been pretty balanced. So it's not like they were really, you know, you know, running the guns uh, into, you know, into exhaustion. You know, they were, you know, I think they had one player at 18 minutes and everyone else was hovering around the 15, 16 minute mark, which is, you know, pretty low considering, you know, you know, what the playoffs usually mean, right? If you're down a couple goals, you're really going to go to your horses and and try to get, you know, try to get a big goal. But the Rangers have such a balanced lineup right now and, you know, the kid line, I, you mentioned that you texted me, that was the best shift you've seen from the New York Rangers in the past decade and it's true. I mean, these guys are moving their feet, they're cycling, they're throwing pucks on net and they're just they're not afraid uh to make plays and that's going to be huge and, you know, Again, I, I don't know if the time and space is going to be there in game two. I really don't. I think Tampa is going to come out firing all cylinders. If the Rangers catch themselves flat-footed in their own zone, you're going to see Tampa set up some really nice you know, opportunities like they did with Stamkos on that first goal. And you know, the Rangers are going to have to weather a lot of storms here. And you know, it's funny, they're playing lightning and the hurricanes. You know, the, to weather the storm is like almost a literal sense. But you know the, you know the second opportunities and the third opportunities, you really got to limit those against these good teams because they will bury. And you know I, I think back checking needs to improve a little bit. 
and just limit their chance, like frustrate. And, uh, you know, Andy, what did you think about the Rangers getting the puck down low and just making their defense handle the puck, make plays? I thought that was like part of, that was the weakest part of Tampa's game that at times they just didn't know what to do with the puck. It was like, holy shit, there's, there's another guy on me. It's like, usually that's hap- that happens to the Rangers. Well, I mean, before I touch on that, I, I just want to backtrack to something you said is that, you know, about having to be careful about rebounds and stuff. They showed us flashes down the screen that the Rangers have given up the most goals of any team in the playoffs off of re- rebounds. And we've seen that, you know, at times hmm. just not helping Igor out. Igor makes the initial save and they don't get a stick on it. So that's something they're going to definitely have to clean up because Tampa, I'm sure, is going to figure something. You know, Cooper's going to make adjustments. They're going to figure that out and they're going to just have a guy ready to pounce. And that, if you want to beat Igor, that's how you do it. You let him make the first save and then it's in front of him and then you just try to get it. You you fight for it in front and then there's chaos and then it squirks out to the side and then you have another guy there who's just going to put it in a in an open net. And that's how, uh, you know, that's how they scored that second goal. So, but uh, yeah, to get back to what you said, yeah, I, I, I loved absolutely what the Rangers were doing, you know, forcing um, just their players down low. Kako, once again, from his office, with a be- yet another beautiful pass to Heedle for his first goal. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, you just saw that was the Rangers' game plan. And, I mean, I think t- it's one thing, you know, I, in, watching the first round one against the Lightning, you know, obviously Tampa, or, she, you know, Toronto would, you know, they would forecheck, obviously, and they get on it. But usually they were trying to just break out of the corner with some speed or something or trying to get it up to Matthews or something where the Rangers were just when there's that much pressure down low, it makes it much easier to have, you know, everyone collapses a bit more and it it just alleviates pressure up high. Whereas just sometimes in that first round, I would watch Tampa wheel the net and have it and stop maybe for a second and then go up the boards. What I like about the Rangers game plan is that I they've just done a little bit of everything. You know, sometimes they go to the points, but sometimes they keep it low. They actually shoot. This team shoots the puck now. We haven't shot the puck in 10 fucking years and they shoot the puck. They put it on net like and that's just thing. It just keeps opposing teams just so off kilter. You don't know where it's coming from. Is it going to be a soft little pass into the slot? It just it took them all you know it no time like the president took them all year but they're finally just putting the puck on net but the difference is they still have all those you know they're still skilled as they've ever been it's just it was for years it's been too cute but as they've gone on this playoffs it's just more direct more generation off of the cycle you know more just having it down low and yeah it's just it's just more direct and it just keeps teams off kilter and you know they're clearly uh they're sowing the seeds with with that play and they're you know they're they get to pick the fruit afterwards so it's great yeah and you know there's so many different things that the rangers can do with all three lines and and you just kind of see how especially the kid line how they can cycle the puck down low and i think this series more than ever you know they're going to have a little bit more time and space to do so um, but you know, there's one thing to cycle and then there's one thing to cycle with purpose. And you saw it today that they, they cycle with purpose, you know, they would have two, you know, two good cycles, create some space, and then there'd be, you know, a play to the net. And sometimes that didn't work, you know, sometimes, you know, they'd get blocked and, or, or get intercepted, but they, they knew that, you know, they eventually needed to go to the net, whether that be a shot or whether that be a wraparound, somehow the puck has to make it towards the goal. And 
when you do that and you keep putting pressure on them, more players are going to end up open, which, you know, basically allowed Heedle to get his two goals. Just, you know, finding the open man after you cycle the guys, kind of spin them around a little bit, and then all of a sudden the guy's open and you get a shot on goal. And, you know, you know, there's just so many different things that, you know, the Rangers have done. And, you know, they even scored off the rush. And, and you know, I, again, you hit the nail right on the head. There's so many different things that this team did well tonight. And, you know, you hope that they can continue that. You know, hopefully, you know, Tampa doesn't find their game. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I do think that they're going to be a much tougher opponent in game two. But, you know, again, yeah, there's a part of me that does understand that the Rangers might have a better matchup here against uh, Tampa right now. Yeah, I absolutely think so. And I uh, I do want to talk. I would be remiss if we didn't mention, you know, the shift as that I'm sure it'll be called in perpetuity on this podcast. I mean, I, I texted a bunch of people. I'm like, that's the best shift I've seen this team play in God, I don't know, a decade, right? Maybe more. It was just and like you had mentioned, just with a purpose, though, reloading you know, getting line changes and reloading on the fly with a purpose. And they took their chances, like, you know, shots from the point. Uh, Heedle took a, a, a quick blindside shot from the side of the net just to create uneasiness. And but they all kept winning their bat their battles. And of course, it ends up with that kid line on the ice again. And got, you know, I was almost crying. It was so beautiful because it was like watching the future. Tampa finally gets a forward, gets it, uh, you know, gets it on the puck. They try to clear Fox, uh, just jumps in the air, snares it down to fail to clear, use that all world poise of his fakes like he's going back across to to give himself the the lane to step up forward, then goes across uh, to I forget who it might have been, Vitrano, who gets it to Miller. Or excuse me, to Lafreniere, who gets it to Keandre Miller, who goes across back to Heedle, and Heedle just puts it in, and it was beautiful. That was that's the Rangers' future, and it's just coming to fruition. And you're just like, this is there will be a time without Panarin and Zavanajad and Kreider, you know, especially if this this run doesn't work out for them in the future. But it's going to be okay because these are the guys that are going to lead the way, and they're just blossoming, you know, in front of our eyes and. It was one thing for to say, oh, they're you know contributing having their coming out party, but to see them just carrying the mail and just seeing the way they play, the kids play defense now, and how Keandre was arguably their best defenseman again, just he shutting guys down uh, and being aggressive, and it's just it's awesome. Just this whole run has been so awesome up to now. Watching everything, just the team grow, the kids grow. And it's just all coming together at the right time. Talk about getting hot at the right time, but this team is getting hot at the right time. Yeah. And, you know, there's one thing also, too, that I had to mention on this podcast, and that was probably about three or four podcasts ago, I called out um, Mika Zibanejad and basically said, you know, he needs to show up every single game. We can't do this without him. He's showing up. And, you know, it's one thing for Kreider to go ghost. Mika drives that line. If Mika's going, you have no choice but to go. So, you know, the fact that Mika's hustling the pucks, you know, creating plays, not afraid to shoot. I mean, he's feeling himself right now. And we all know what that means as a Ranger fan. 
if Mika's feeling himself, he can he can take over a game. I mean, he's got the energy, he's got the foot speed, he's got the shot. Um, you know, there was a couple opportunities where he came down on a one on two and was able to get a shot off. Uh, you know, just this is what Mika does. And, you know, we you know, it, it's just it's such a breath of fresh air to actually say our guys have showed up. You know, we played a complete game. You know, this one was damn near perfect, if you ask me. And, you know, I'm watching this game with almost zero expectation. And they fucking went above and beyond. And I, I can't can't say enough how important this game was uh, to start off hot and, you know, just instill a sense of, you know, confidence and belief that this can be done. You know, this roster can do it. And this is this is what experience is. This is what I'm talking about when, you know, or everyone is talking about when they say they need playoff experience. It's not just about showing up and playing a 60-minute hockey game in the NHL playoffs. It's instilling a moment or moments and games and shifts where you you do something positive, right? The kid line had maybe their best game of the playoffs. And, you know, they, they had a great shifts. They had great goals. You know, it's instilling this belief that, hey, we can do this because we are doing it. And, you know, for the New York Rangers to be at this point now, prior to going into the season, thinking what our expectations were, it's unbelievable. And, you know, I know we're confident now today and everything is good because we have a game seven win against the Hurricanes and a, you know, a game one win against Tampa Bay. Just know, you know, this playoffs is going to be a roller coaster. There's going to be you know, big highs like we are right now, and there's going to be big lows. And if you can just limit those lows and weather those storms and and escape out of there, you know, you know, in a, a not too bad of shape, you know, you give yourself an opportunity to win a hockey game, and that's all you can expect from the team. Uh, Igor, you know, was solid again. Can't expect anything more from him. I mean, Jesus, it's it's you know, I almost want Gallant to like almost be like, ah, I don't know if I'm going to make it for game two, because I feel like the less he cares, the better this team plays. Yeah, I mean, you know, and obviously it's funny at the, you, you talk about having a pulse on the, on, the, on the bench and on the team on the games. Obviously it was smart of him to put Goodrow, Reeves, and, uh, you know, Schneider, um, yeah. on, you know, out on the ice for the final, because, you, you know, you knew that was going to happen. Uh, I loved Reeves literally, like like smiling as he was on top of a dog pile after he kind of you know him and maroon were trying to get at each other what what were they thinking though i mean the ref what was the ref he, the ref at that point let him go. let him go do you care like he was in the middle he was just getting he was sandwiched between those two guys it's like, so funny I, and then you know maroon tried to get at reeves more because then it kind of it was it seemed like it was calming down and then something happened where i don't know if it was hagel or something you know did something good row and then they it, they were almost gonna rip gloves off and go and then maroons again tried going at uh revo with the ref sandwich between them and then they just i think revo just kind of made him fall fall down so it was you have two lightning players in the bottom i think one was mcdonough and the other one was maroon and then there's the ref sandwich between them and then there's reeve just kind of like on a dog pile just looking up and smiling loving life and i was like this is awesome what a you know, it was a great moment. So, and Schneider, he's a, it's, he is a psycho, man. The, when something happens, it's like the switch flips off 
Um, we remember earlier when he beat the wheels off of who was it like Jesper Brad or Pavel Zaka in that Devils game. Yeah, not that that guy's a fighter, but literally he's like, you want to go, and then. Schneider, who's like a, you know, he's a Sas, you know, uh, he's a Saskatch- is he Saskatchewan or, you know, or Saskatoon or I forget where he's from, but he's a prairie boy, Canadian prairie boy, you know, well, and, he's, and he's got a very sing songy. He's like, oh, you know, and he's just a nice kid. And then, but, you know, flip the switch. He was looking to throw him and just going at, you know, and listen, uh, what's his name for, for Tampa was, was instigating all night. Um, not Perry. He's a, I, I just yeah. read a feature on him. He's a, he grew up a devil's fan and he like hates the ring. Oh, Colton. Speaking. What? Yeah. Ross Colton. Colton. Yeah. You know, you could tell they hate, but you know, uh, I love that Schneider wasn't having any of it, you know, and that's the thing. That's a big, that was honestly, that was an important moment to show them. They're not going to back down because as much as, you know, it's kind of the mental side. If it's if if even if it's just a mental edge in some way, just showing that unlike maybe a team like, uh, you know, they're not going to be bullied. Maybe so. Whereas Tampa wasn't the more that series went on and the lightning were just kind of in their kitchen and made them uncomfortable, you know. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in all of sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win, and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Yeah, and you know, I I really hope Maroon decides to drop the glove with with Reeve because I'd love to see Maroon just get beat. And uh, yeah, I just you know, again for the New York Rain, they stick like this is like a different team. Like who is this team, Andy? It's crazy to even watch this. And I and like here we are in the Eastern Conference Final. It's like well, this is the reason we don't recognize this team is because we're usually not here and they're doing all the things that it takes to get to this point um you know one of the questions you know i have for you andy is that you know given the past two series that we played you know we went to game seven went to game seven new york rangers obviously have home ice advantage here uh you know how important do you think it is for the rangers to take advantage of game two uh, even though they know the worst case scenario, they are coming back to the garden. But I do feel like that in the Rangers really need to take game two. Yeah, they better be ready because Tampa's should be much better. They're going to make adjustments. Uh, I think one thing, luckily for the Rangers, and that's the other thing, is that when you are not so much of a systems team, but you're a habits team, it's harder to pin down on things they do. You know, they really, the Rangers really got exposed in the, in, you know, at least for their bad habits in 
in their in, you know inability to have out outlets to break out the puck in that first round against Pittsburgh. But they've kind of just made the adjustments and less unforced errors, and they've just tightened up and tightened up and tightened up. But yeah, it's you know, listen, it's it's. I think it is important because once Vasilevsky's at home, he probably he feels like a different goaltender, you know. So, uh, I it's yeah, I would say it's very important. And honestly, for a team like the Rangers, that's this inexperienced. I think every you know every home game is important for them, you know, because uh, if they unless they meet uh, the Oilers, they don't have they you know if they meet if Colorado, who I think will win advances they meet them the buzzsaw they don't have home ice advantage so uh they have to make home a place where they're because if you drop one at home on in a series you don't have home ice advantage like yeah then that's gonna be a death knell so you know it's not impossible but wouldn't look good so no but you know here we are andy one nothing in the eastern conference final uh you you kind of look at you know oh another thing i wanted to touch on you know the the goaltending uh, I, I know a lot of people hyped up Igor versus Vasilevsky as this is going to be like, you know, a baseball's version of a pitcher's duel where it's just going to, I, do they not, have they not watched like any other, the other rounds? Like, I mean, first off, Igor obviously has kept the New York Rangers in it. The Rangers do give up, they do give up goals. And, yeah. you know, looking at uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, I mean, if you just look at the, <laughs> their first round alone, I mean, they gave up a ton of goals. Uh, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know. Like, I understand Vasilevsky is a fantastic goalie and probably top three on the planet right now. But listen, I, this is not going to be a goalie school. This is definitely going to be one of those where you score, I score, you score, I score. I mean, the Rangers were able to get a cluster there in the, in the end and obviously take advantage. But, you know, the fact that, you know, the Rangers are going to need to win these games two to one insane the rangers need to score more than two goals if they have a chance and the lightning need to score more than two goals if they want a chance against the rangers you know i wouldn't be surprised if the average amount of goals scored is you know six plus each each of these games you know i think that their offense is that good so uh, for both teams yeah um you know it's funny on they between you know during a whistle they went to the bench they did a little fly over and Sean McDonough, who I actually, as tough as I've been on him during the playoffs, I thought he was awesome tonight, you know, by his, my standards for him, which I'm usually not happy with his play by play. I thought he did a good job. And Ray made a, him and Ray made good comments where Ray was talking about, you know, this is uh, a Rangers team where, you know, not much really affects them. Like when they get down or, and he goes, you know, clearly they know they're not perfect. But and then he says, you don't have to be perfect. You just got to be good. And this team is good. And I think that's it. I mean, there's been so much that. You know, did being the the highest scoring uh, five on five offense generating team in the regular season good air quotes? How did that fare for the Panthers? It didn't. Uh, You know, how did uh, that work out for, you know, one of the best possession teams in the league work out for the Hurricanes? It didn't. So, I mean, listen. The Rangers clearly have their warts, but they've been working on not letting beating themselves with their warts. They almost got beat by themselves in, in the first round. And then each subsequent round, they've done a much better job of mitigating that. And you just 
if you just showed tape of this game and then, you know, maybe not the first 20 minutes, but a tape from game one against the Pens, it's a totally different team. They defend totally different. Their confidence is they're they're reacting more than just too much reading. And excuse me, they're too, you know, they're just playing, whereas they were reading and reacting too much. And I think that just is going to help them going forward. I think those good teams are just automatic. And that just makes it so much easier recognition on the ice. The outlets are there more, uh, supports there more, and so on and so forth. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think what's important for the New York Rangers is that if they do end up getting stuck in a situation where, you know, Tampa is able to pour it on a little bit, like they got to be able to do what Tampa did tonight and, you know, uh, you know, get the goal right back. And, you know, never feel out of it, you know, because in the beginning of the game, you know, the Rangers give up a goal within a couple minutes after scoring theirs. And you're like, this is what fucking veteran teams do. They just never go away. And you get a lead, they take it right back. And, you know, I, I think the Rangers, you know, if they do find themselves behind, they need to, you know, regroup and come back and, you know, pop one in. And I know, you know, obviously Vasilevsky is a very good, very good goalie. But he is beatable, as you can tell. If you throw pucks on net, if you move the puck and you make him move and you make the defenseman move in front of him and screen him, you know, and just don't give him just easy access to see the puck and track it down, he's going to give up goals. I mean, he's not, you know, this isn't, I don't know. I, I For me, listen, I Vasilevsky, I'm not taking anything away from him. But I feel like they're making this guy up to be Brodeur in his prime, and I just don't feel like it is. I mean, watch, he'll shut us out the next three games, and you know I'll have an egg on my face. But I do think the Rangers are very capable of scoring on him and scoring in bunches. I just I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, it, there's just something about Vasilevsky that I just can't put on the pedestal of you know the, the greatest goalies to ever play. I don't know. Although he's getting treated like it. Uh, I don't know, man. He's pretty. He's, he's pretty. Good. I know he's pretty good. I know and he's his pretty hard, good. His hardware cabinet's pretty full. So, uh, yeah. But man. the Lightning had the best rot. I mean, you saw what they had the roster they had last year, and even the year before. Yeah, I mean, and- listen, I'm a I'm a Hashik guy. It, ultimately, they say you're either a Brodor guy or a Hashik guy. I just think in terms of what he was able to do with teams with just not good teams in front of him was an incredible. Um. And listen, you can't, I, I don't think you can ding. Well, his first round wasn't even that great. He had one good second round and they want to make him the highlight of this Tampa Bay Lightning team. If, yeah. You know, I, if anything, first off, you have Cooper, one of the best coaches in the world. You have a dynamic offense and, you know, you have Hedman and McDonough are two of the best defensemen in the league. It's like, listen, there's other focal points to point at. You know, I know they need a theme for this, right? You know, the the other... The other theme, you know, out west, you obviously have, you know, McKinnon versus McDavid, you know, the battle. But, you know, this, you know, I, I don't like how they made this about goaltending. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm getting at. Because both goalies, I, I agree, are top five on the planet right now, without a doubt. But I don't like how they're making this out to be a goalie goaltending duel because I don't think that's what the series is going to be. That's all, Andy. You can disagree with me. No, it's, okay. it's no, I, I listen, I. I definitely think this playoff, I mean, this year in general, just scoring is up, offense is up. I think players kind of finally caught up with what the goaltenders have just been working and refining and refining. And You know players. what it is? I just thought, yeah, not to cut you off, I think no, I know no. what it is. Yeah. When you watch the goaltending out West, 
and then you watch these guys, it's like, holy shit, these are the greatest goaltenders that ever ever play. Because last night's goaltending was, there was some brutal play there. Brutal. Yeah, and uh, like, you know, I mean, I think Vasilevsky had a tougher night, obviously, than Shesterkin. You can maybe argue he could have did a better job fighting through the screen on the first one, but, you know, there was a screen there, and then the second one is just a rebound, so he had no chance, so not really his problem. And then Vasilevsky, uh, it's tough. because Probably should have had to, the Vitrano goal. Oh, yeah, you have to have the Vitrano goal. I even thought he should have had the, um, or not should have, but the Kreider goal was excellent placement by Kreider. He's perfected that, and he knows exactly where to put it. Right. You know, just quick release, literally put it, you know, oh, under the under the blocker over the, you know, the pad if he does the splits. And it's just it was perfect placement. So it was really tough. And then obviously the Panarin breakaway goal he probably should have had. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like goaltending's tough. It's the toughest position. <laughs> and it's clearly, I mean, Shesterkin is going to win the heart. Or excuse me, I hope he wins hard, but he's going to pr- most likely win the Vesna, I would imagine. And he got pulled twice in the first round. You know, it's just it's a tough position. It's a lot to you know, and you're only can, you can only perform as well as your team. You know, you can s- sometimes perform well in spite of your team, but it catches up with you, and it definitely caught up with him that round because the Rangers were doing nothing for him. But it was a good lesson for them, and now that they're just giving him a little bit, he he can go from there. You know what I mean? Um, you know, and again. He he sold. He definitely sold on the power play. He sold that Stamkos hit to try to get some more time and and break up some pressure and get some more rest for his forwards. So you know, a little gamesmanship from him. Obviously, people were wanting about it online, but you know, fuck you if you were sorry. You know, be mad about it. But um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's like it'll be interesting to see if I would imagine as time goes on, these games will get tighter and tighter. Uh, you would have to think, but at the same time, who knows? I mean, I think either of these teams can maybe open up on the other teams. I actually think the Rangers have a better chance to open up more on Tampa, but um, then again, like, you know, a high-powered Toronto Maple Leafs offense eventually got, uh, you know, strangled as Tampa just got in their groove. So you got to be careful. Yeah, absolutely. And I another key point that I think, you know, needs to be noted is the Rangers went one for two on the power play. If you're going to go 50% on a power play for the night, it's going to be pretty good. You know, getting that power play goal, I think they have one in now the last like six games or something. So, you know, the Rangers need to continue to, you know, be lethal on the power play, keep killing off penalties. Uh, their PK went, they went three for three on the penalty kill, which is huge. And, you know, for the Rangers to, you know, win the special teams game, you know, you're most likely probably going to win the night because, you know, it it is going to come down to, you know, you know, you know, scoring a couple power play goals, you know, going, you know, if you're shutting the team out on the power play, I mean, Jesus, I, you know, over three for the lightning with that, you know, stack power play, you know, that's pretty damn good. Um, so, you know, I, I know some of those power plays were at the end of the game and they were kind of just, you know, throwing pucks around just, seeing if they can get a bounce but still you're still killing it off so um yeah. i not to cut you off how much i loved that zabanajad power play goal and i love that you he just kept saying you know screw it he just kept blasting it he's like i'm gonna get him i'm gonna get him i'm gonna get him and i think that's huge honestly 
him getting one because even if he doesn't get another one this series, it's just it puts it in Vasilevsky's mind and their team's mind that Zavadia is going to be blasting. It's going to open up that other side for Kreider bumper plays. You know what I mean? So uh, I just loved he. It looked like he was he was possessed that he was going to put the puck through Vasilevsky if he had to, and you know. He, it was awesome that he got a perfect placement, especially because he kept going, you know, near side, near side, near side. Then he finally went far side on Vasilevsky. So I just, again, I just thought they were sharp. You know, I just thought they were sharp in their reads as the game went on. They were sharp in their, pre, you know, the, the tightening up and supporting their teammates. That back check by Vetrano, what a play. Um, he was good. Vetrano had, I thought this was Vetrano's best game of the playoffs so far. You know, Mott continues to be good. Even Reeves was good, you know, <laughs> you know, I mean, and I'm not saying good as in like doing the Revo thing. I just thought he was on it and I think it helps but a team that's slower. It helps him. He can actually be more effective because he's not getting left in the dust as much. So, yeah. And, you know, having the line, of course, being able to match up properly. I mean, you saw how much of a killer that was against Carolina with, you know, them controlling, you know, four out of three games, controlling the lineup, even though the last game, you know, Crush, but yeah, you know, a lot of good things happening, Andy. You know, it it, it makes you think. You know, it, well, it makes you believe. It thinks it makes you think you can believe. I, like I'm, I'm just still at a loss for words. I'm a loss for words for Game Seven. I still can't believe we came out and won six two in Game One. Uh, you know, a lot of hockey left. Obviously, uh, Tampa's going to be a completely different team Game Two, and you know, it, the Rangers are going to have to, you know rise up to the challenge and realize that not every game is going to be like, you know, there's going to be games where it's going to come down to one goal. You, you got to be ready. You got to, you know, muster up the, the moxie to, uh, to get that goal. And, you know, so here we are, Andy, you know, game one, we're up one, nothing. Uh, yeah, just feeling really good. You know, I, at, I've been saying it all playoffs and it's, and you know what? I'm going to call myself out here. I've been saying it all playoffs. Like, it's house money. This team is young. It's about experience. And, you know, I, I'm i going to admit something to you, James. That was all self-serving bullshit to protect my, my you know, my emotions and my heart and <laughs> the amount of investment I give this team. It was, it was, it was a crock of, it was crock, it was a crock of shit. I'm, I'm calling myself out. Because just seeing them in this position, I'm selfish. I want them to win. Not, and I kept saying before, you know, if, if, they, if they get eliminated, it's fine. They've already won in my night. No, fuck that. They haven't won. They, they can win now. I see that now. I've seen that it is possible. They have to go, they, they have to go seven and six. Worst case scenario. <laughs> to to win the stanley fucking cup so and that's over that's out the window for me it's i'm gonna be i'm ready to be hurt again i'm ready to be devastated if they lose but yeah, and, at the same and, time i'm going to give them my full support and belief and say they can they can do it they it's in there they have it in them they just it's not going to be easy and it's probably not even likely but they can do it and that's you know it's time to stop lying to myself. And, and you should, and you should feel exactly that way. And you should have felt that way the entire time. And, and you obviously you secretly did because you saw what they were capable of when they played their game. It, I mean, there were games in Pittsburgh. They just, nobody showed up. 
games in Carolina on the road. Nobody showed up, not one single player. It was like, you know, Igor making, you know, 38 saves and, you know, they lost, you know, 3-1. It's like, you got to be kidding me. And it's like, you know, I, I was having a conversation with, forget who I was even having a conversation with. But anyway, it, I just was COVID brain here. I was just, you know, saying like, the Rangers don't ever have like, there's never just a hard fought match where they get edged out. Like they either come to play and they win or they just don't show up at all. Like I can't think of like maybe, no, I can't even think of a game yet this series where you're like the Rangers played really well and they got edged out and they lost. Maybe the, maybe the overtime game against Carolina, <clears throat> but they played future in the third period. But, um, but you can't think of a game where they played 60 minutes of great hockey and they just lost to a better team. It's like the Rangers can do that. They just need to show up, play a full 60 minute of hockey and, you know, keep doing what they do best. And that's just, you know, throwing the puck deep, banging bodies, keeping your legs moving, draw penalties, shoot the puck. And, you know, if our all-star, quote unquote, all-star players show up, there's not many hockey games where we're going to be losing. And, you know, it, I say this against Pittsburgh. I said it against uh, you know, Carolina, and I'll say it against Tampa. If our guys show up to play, I don't, I don't see how we can. I really don't, and I'm, I'm saying that flat right now. But you know, yeah. we'll see. Yeah, well, tough task. It, yeah, it definitely is a tough task. Um, I'm curious to see what ha- continues to happen in the. You know, before we we sign off here, I briefly I assume you wa- did you watch any of the uh, game one of the Western Conference Final and how yeah is an absolute nuts. I I don't think it'll continue like that. There'll probably be a lot of goals. I just think a both goaltenders are not as good as the ones in the East, and those teams play more offense based styles. Um, listen, Colorado still scares the living bejesus out of me. It's just when they're firing on all cylinders, they're like a they're like a Hurricanes team that, but is is a bit nasty. They're like a better Hurricanes. They just they have more star talent that can score. They have Makar on the back end who can activate any any moment, and they're they play nasty and with an edge, and they get in your kitchen. So, yeah, they're the. I think they're still the best team in the league. Uh, oh, without a doubt, I still think they're the Stanley Cup favorites. But you know, they they clearly concede that they don't keep their, you know, throughout the playoffs they haven't kept their foot on the gas pedal through full games because it's hard to play that up-tempo style for 60 minutes every night and they wilt as games go on where I think the Rangers do a much better job of keeping calm and playing within themselves and like turning it on when they need to but also recouping not too much overexertion in in their own end and running around they say you know we have the best goaltender so you know I I get upset sometimes with a lazy stick check or sometimes they're just content to let it go but they're like you know what we're going to survive this shift you know, and they just do. So, you know what I mean? So it doesn't look perfect, but at the same time, they're not like gassing themselves like some of these other teams do. So, uh, yeah, I'll be curious to see if Edmonton can come back and be better. Cause I mean, who knows, uh, how, do we know if Darcy Kemper went down? Is he okay? Is he going to play? Do we not know? Is Frank who's, uh, you know, excuse me, Frank who's, is he in goal for, for them now? Cause you know, I don't know if that's better or worse based on the way Darcy Kemper was playing, but you know, um, well, 
well, it sucks because I felt like even last year for the Avalanche, the reason they lost the Stanley Cup was goaltending. I mean, you can't blame any other really part of their game. Um, you know, it, they are a scary team, but with goaltending being your weakest point, it's it's it can be scary. I mean, like it's I don't know from watching that game, like that was really bad, like really bad for both teams to let up that many goals. I mean, that's like just not having a will to play defense. Like eight six, it's an NHL hockey game. That's like a men's league score, Andy. Like that's crazy. Like if you really think about that, eight to six in an NHL hockey game is almost unfathomable, especially in an Eastern Conference playoff game. Like, what are you guys doing on both both sides? I know your goaltending stinks, but there's not a part of you that like takes pride in any form of defense. I mean, you know, I I know that the well, the last goal was an empty netter, but still, and you know, I, I don't know. Um, also the offside, they're going to change the rule for offside. Um, yeah, they're going to change mean, the definition of possession. It can't just be contact. I mean, it, I mean, it, first off, it borderline looks like it hits off a stick, but at yeah. the second point, you know, if that someone made a good point, like if you're saying he doesn't have possession, then why would you, why do you blow the whistle early when it's a penalty? Like. You you call possession if it's in if it's in their vicinity, and they're playing the puck. Like he's clearly playing the puck. Like I don't know. Yeah, you know, obviously their argument was that it was a delayed offside, and that you can push it over, and then he can touch up, and then he can touch it, and that's why it wasn't. Um, yeah, they're gonna change. They're gonna it, have to change the and, definition. You know, of- I, I, there's been good threads by other you know hockey pundits and people saying that that they've asked about it and they've been explained to them that it's such a difficult process to rewrite the rule books and it takes like five years. I'm like, and then everyone's rightly so is like, yeah, then start right now. Yeah. Um, because it's like reword it. I think Ray Ferraro posted something saying that they absolutely need to reword it. Just make it much easier. The sport has already got so much going for it. This is a way better playoffs than obviously the bubble year. And then even I'd say last year and, Obviously, that's a symptom of ha- finally having fans full capacity fans back. But it's mm-hmm. also I just think with goal scoring being up and just more intriguing matchups, it's been way more fun, you know. So you just want it, you know, I don't know. You just don't want to persuade people being like, what's going on here? Why is there no action for while they're looking offside review? You know, you want to keep the games going. So they just there needs to be reform in that. end. So, you know, again, yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a also a picture too. I don't know if it was real or Photoshop, but it showed you know why the process can take so long. And they have the iPads out and had like a loading screen on, and they're like, like, can we figure this out? Like, this should be immediate. We should not be waiting for like a loading screen to connect to these iPads. Like, this should be almost instant. Twenty twenty two now. Can we figure it out? And uh, but again, I, I, I mean, I could be and photoshop but I, from the comments and from the actual picture it looked pretty spot on like exactly what you would think a loading screen would look like for the nhl um yeah yeah so all right andy what else you got for me uh i think that's it i mean again just cannot believe the rangers are in this position and they just took it in game to the cup champs in game one defending reigning cup champs Ah, uh, and yeah, man, just the kid line. The kid line's where it's at. Heel, just proving everyone wrong. You know, I think he, at one point this year we said it's time to move on. It's just like the experiment's over. But 
it just it just took the right amount of pressure and responsibility and just the right just, line mates to be honest well with you. yeah honestly i think because i just think it's about lafreniere on there it just opens his I well think, i think yeah help and and honestly it's just it's great to see like and again this is a <laughs> symptom of hedel just again being you know having just the best one some of the best one-on-one skills on this team you know uh and such an excellent skater and good at puck recoveries with his his puck you know he's like a baby yager and then just lafreniere is just clearly the in terms of just flat out hockey iq and smarts is the smartest player in that line and just puts himself in the perfect spot and makes the right play either gets it you know he's such a good passer but he gets it back to the point and then kako just again just showing his you know his supreme puck uh protection skills are amazing and just you know he can he's a turnover monster and just together they're just they seem unstoppable it's 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 so awesome you know and it just honestly i think just to see their ice time go up because they're so effective and 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 not just go up just being put out in more situations just you know turk trusting that not having to worry so much about i i can give them a defensive zone draw you know what i mean and not worry about it I trusting them to do. And it just, you know, obviously we've been lamenting a lot of his whole not an X's and O's guy thing all year and just putting out whatever line you want. And I listen, the, the court fourth line still gets caved in, you know, a good amount. But just for the rest of the lines, it's worked out really well because that A, it makes line. It's like if you can only use them in certain situations, it makes lineup matching tougher and yeah, it's just now everyone's pulling the rope in the same direction. It doesn't matter who's in front of them. You know, if there's... I just, I think, especially if you're, like, in one playoffs, it's like, all right, they've played against Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel and Brian Rust and Sebastian Ajo and Svechnikov and, you know, um, and Nino Niederreiter and now uh, Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov. And it just doesn't matter. Whoever's in front of it, you play whoever's in front of you, and you just still do the same thing. And I think this team has finally figured that out. And, uh, yeah, I mean, what else is to say? Just onward to game two. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.